Welcome to the Control-Alt-Azure podcast. I'm Yusip. And I'm Tobias. Join us for a journey in the cloud. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Azure. I am Tobias and I'm here with Yusi. What's up? Hey, hey, Tobias and everybody else. So what's up with me is that lately I've been visiting other people's houses without those other people being in there. So, so this has been interesting. I mentioned perhaps two, three episodes ago that we are in the process of building our own house. And as, as we sort of have the plans in place, so this is, this is what the house is going to look like. This is the room set up and, and all that. Now we are starting to negotiate with the, uh, with the building companies who provide sort of the skeleton of the house as they do in Finland. So we are getting invitations from all of these different companies to come and visit for their showcase houses, which are real houses built by people, but they haven't moved in yet. So yesterday evening, I took my three-year-old and my wife, we drove to one of those, and it was in a neighborhood we really don't know that well. So we drive in there, and I was sort of thinking that, well, there's perhaps two, three more people uh, besides us. So we go in there, the whole street is filled with cars. So there's about 50, 60 people inside. So I put on my mask, a little bit like, let's hope everybody else is wearing a mask. But it's really weird. You go to somebody else's house. They don't have the furniture in there yet, but you can really see that they designed this for themselves on those specific small uh, sort of cues and, and details you can deduct by seeing the house. So I think we have a couple of more to, to go through to sort of understand if our choice in the architecture is the best one for us based on what others have done. And in times of COVID-19, it's a little bit different, but that's, that's mostly what's been top of mind for me this week. How about for you? So that, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I also mentioned in, in a couple of episodes back that we're, we're moving from our house into an apartment and waiting for our next house. And there's a lot of choices that you have to make. Um, one thing that I learned over the, the course of my previous uh, houses and apartments is learning from others and getting in inspiration from what others have done is the ultimate way to kind of find your own sweet spot. So that makes perfect sense. Uh, on my side, um, we're kind of preparing for touchdown of the second daughter. So we're right now easing into the fact that I'll be on a four week parental leave uh, over Christmas holidays. So that's going to be pretty nice. Uh, so that's, I guess, a combination of vacation and some parental leave. Uh, I'm going to be off work for about a month. Might have, you know, a gap here and there to uh, do a couple of recordings, obviously, for the podcast because priorities, right? Yeah. Uh, but most of the time we'll be just, you know, winding down, taking it easy, hanging with the family, and obviously preparing for the move from our big house into a smaller apartment, which will happen after the holidays when we are four people in the family with the newborn. So that may or may not be a challenge, but I will close my eyes, uh, relax until January comes, and then we'll deal with that. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what's on my mind. That sounds exciting for sure. So the whole moving from one house to another, that's a big project. 
then uh welcoming another family member yeah that's that's a huge one and then yes and then also christmas and working and most importantly doing the podcast on the side so perhaps in one of the future episodes if you're hearing this distant distant crying of a baby then it's not from my place it's from tobias's place potentially potentially we'll see we'll see so Today's episode is about discussing Azure policy for Key Vault. And this takes me back many, many episodes ago. Our very first episode was uh, reflections on Azure Key Vault. So that was about 54 episodes or so ago. And, and since then, a lot has happened. And we also did one episode on Azure policy to un- better understand what Azure governance is all about. So now when we think about Azure Key Vault, together with Azure Policy, what's what's the whole thing here? Why should I care if I'm already using Azure Key Vault or if I'm already using Azure Policy or both, but not together? So what's what's the thing here? So that's you know the topic of this show is is dear to my heart because I do a lot of things in in Azure governance for my my current situation and. One of the things that I do a lot is Azure policies. And we talked about that in an episode, many episodes ago. And like you mentioned, we also talked about Key Vault. So now we're kind of combining them because there is a preview feature out there, which is soon rolling out, um, which you can start using now in preview. And that is uh, the integration between Azure policy and Key Vault. So we'll talk about that. Um, the very short TLDR, what is it? It's, it's a way to strengthen your Azure governance, right? Uh, so you can comply with assigned policy rules in your organization. This is what Azure policy does. Uh, you can either audit or enforce in real time. And audits by policies are uh, available in this compliance dashboards that you have. And you can access that from Azure Security Center and regu- regulatory compliance, for example, or go directly to Azure policy and then the compliance dashboard. And now with the Key Vault, there is an integration point, and specifically, we can now do audits on our vaults a lot better. So we can do audits on keys, certificates, and secrets, respectively. So they come with a, a bunch of different uh, built-in policies for that. Um, so pretty much, it's a way to strengthen the Azure governance game um, and at scale manage how we are allowed to use Azure Key Vault in the organization. So that's the TLDR. Alrighty, so somebody listening on this uh, who might not be actively using Azure Key Vault uh, and without going too deep into that anymore because we already have an episode which is very relevant even today is that if you're not using Azure Key Vault to store your secrets, start today. And now with Azure Policy, when you integrate with Azure Policy, the, the, the essence is that it strengthens your Azure governance which sort of is the end game today. So, so what would you say is, is unique about Azure Key Vault integration with Azure Policy? So it's pretty much the, the integration points and, and the key points that I see is you set up your rules or your policies in this case for how key secrets and certificates should be managed throughout their life cycle. So an example can be, you can prevent anyone from creating self-signed certificates. You see that in a lot of organizations, you want to spin up a new app, you want to do something, you create your own self-signed certificate, which is not by any trusted certificate authority because you spun it up on your laptop um, and you're using that. Now at scale, you can check that and you can audit or just plain out deny the self-signed certificates uh, in your key vaults. 
So another example could be like a one-click solution to roll back policies. So in case you apply a policy uh, and it affects things at scale and you quickly need to uh, rem remediate that because you see that now we're blocking everyone from using certificates with a specific key length. And then we realize, oh, we still have a couple of applications using uh, 2048 bits uh, encryption, right? Then you just kind of put a, a, a twig in the wheel of, of everything that you have running. And then with a single click, you can just say, you know what, roll this back. And that will happen across the entire organization. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of examples and like you want better control over your org-wide usage of keys, certificates and secrets um, in all the vaults you have, because you might have, if you like me have distributed solutions and you have a lot of things to manage, you can have hundreds, even thousands of key vaults across many subscriptions. So you can, for example, ensure that all the, uh, the vaults where you store the keys have a minimum key size according to your security standards and meet whatever encryption or crypto cryptography guidelines that you need in the organization. So all these things, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the built-in policies in a bit, which is a bit more detailed about that. But the, the TLDR or the long story summarized is you dictate how your key vaults can be used and secret certificates, uh, keys inside of those key vaults should work. And then you have these kind of two options I mentioned, uh, either you audit or you deny. So with all these built-in policies for Azure Key Vault now, uh, if you select audit, and, and this is like the type of policies that exist in Azure policy are these two, audit or deny. And the same, of course, applies to all these Key Vault policies. So if you do with audit, then the policy doesn't break your environment, but it reports anything that breaks the policy. So they are marked as non-compliant in the compliance dashboard. And this is default unless your policy has been changed to deny. And if you then change your policy to deny as a default, then uh, when the effect of a policy is set to deny, it will block the creation of the new components uh, that break that policy. So if you're trying to create a new key that doesn't meet the minimum key size requirement, it will be rejected. So at creation time, you have to kind of abide by the new rules. However, existing resources that are non-compliant are not affected and they will continue to be run under the audit mode. Because otherwise, if you implement a deny policy and you roll that out, and if that would kind of break all your existing 2000 key vaults and all the secrets and keys and certificates in there, because you kind of strengthen the, the requirements a bit, then you might have a, a production full stop. And that may or may not be what you want. So there are those two things to consider. And I always, almost always start with audit. So I can see then in the roll-up in my compliance dashboard, I can see what's happening. And I can see that, well, I don't have any non-compliant resources. That's great. Then I can enable deny. So we then don't create new ones. Or I can just keep it on audit. And I see that, well, 30 of my key vaults, they're not compliant because they're breaking a couple of these policies. So then I will have time to mitigate. I can reach out to the respective teams. I can ask them to uh, update the applications, update the keys and certificates or whatever requirements we have. Uh, so we can kind of, in a collaborative effort, get that done before we then enable the, the deny policy. So that's pretty cool. Okay, so I've used KeyWalt quite a bit less than, than you have, obviously. So to, to sort of recap this latest bit here, uh, if I have one key vault and I have a couple of secrets in there, 
Now I enable Azure Policy in Audit Mode against Azure Key Vault. It might report one of those secrets as non-compliant in the compliance dashboard. So it's up to me to go and fix that or leave it as is and just leave it the non-compliance notification. But if I now go to my Azure policy and tweak the existing policy from audit to deny, then it will still keep on complaining about that one secret, it's non-compliant, but any future secrets that I will add would hit the deny rule now. Is this yes, the if they don't meet the requirements. Yep, that yes, is correct. Exactly. And so I wanted to make this clear in case somebody in the audience is as, as experienced with Azure Key Vault as I am, so not that much. Alrighty, so you mentioned that you can have multiple Azure Key Vaults, so really enforcing these sort of rules at scale. But what do you specifically check by default? Because you can have, I would imagine you can have different policies through Azure Policy for Azure Key Vault. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things that you can check and built in. Now, it's still a preview as of this recording, but um, depending on when you're listening, this may have been rolled out. Um, there are three things in Azure Key Vaults, and all of them have the built-in policy definitions available. And they are certificate policies, key policies, and secret policies. And these are kind of the three things that we usually store in a Key Vault. Uh, so, and excuse me, this becomes a bit of a rant, but there are important to know that these policies exist. Uh, so you don't have to reinvent some scripts or solutions yourself. And I'm mentioning this because I have seen that in the past before these policies existed. I know some organizations that have regular PowerShell scripts running to check that all their key vaults comply with specific uh, regulations that they have. Some of those things that I've seen in scripts they now exist built in, right? So if you are listening in and you know that you're checking your key vaults regularly or even irregularly for specific compliance requirements, check these policies out. So more detailed, uh, let's start with certificate policies. I will just go through some of the uh, policy that exists now in the uh, preview and these are built in. So again, if you're using Azure policy and you have key vaults, you can go now to your portal.azure.com and you can go to Azure policy and then you can find them there. Um, we'll get into that in a bit. So talking about certificate policies, um, the policies are uh, like this. So certificates should have the specified lifetime action triggers or certificates should be issued by a specified integrated CA or certificate authority. And this is a way for you to say that in our organization, any certificate in any key vault should be from this specified integrated certificate authority. We do not allow anything else. Or if we do allow something else, at least we want to audit it. So we can get a report that somewhere someone is using a non-compliant certificate. And there is also a policy for, for kind of the reverse saying certificates should be issued by uh, the specified non-integrated certificate authority if it's not one of those built-in integration points for a CA. So if you get your certificate from somewhere else, you can still say that this uh, vendor or, or this type of certificate is okay. Anything else is not, uh, or, and it gets a bit more complex now, but if you work with cryptography, you might understand it. If you don't, that's okay. Um, certificates using elliptic curve cryptography should have allowed curve names, uh, P256, P256K, P384, or P251. I'm not going to dive into the details of that, but 
Um, the elliptic curve cryptography is an algorithm. And depending on the algorithm and the different uh, curve names, those are now built in with a policy where you can say, we only allow certificates using these specific elliptic curve cryptography algorithms with these standards, right? So you can do pretty cool things with Azure policy that are also a bit technical. Same thing might be a bit easier to digest is the minimum key size for RSA certificates should be 2048-bit or 3072-bit or 4096-bit, right? And again, depending on what kind of government or regulatory standard that you need to comply with, uh, you might need to um, choose a different policy level there for the encryption. But again, to reiterate, this is now built in. You don't need to build your own scripts to check this. Now, you just enable the policy, you modify the policy according to your needs, and you just apply, and that's it. One to two hours later, you will have a organizational-wide report in your compliance dashboard telling you exactly the current state of your key vaults, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, maybe the, the most easy to comprehend uh, when it comes to certificates is you can manage certificates that are within a specified number of days of expiration. So it will also check the expiration days, uh, dates of these certificates in your vaults, and it will say that here is um, a certificate that will expire in 90 days or whatever. And that gives you enough time to allow for certificate rotation well before they expire and this is a way kind of uh, to avoid outages because you know, you've know you seen it probably online in the past and not too long ago. Can't recall if, if I'm not gonna say the domain name, it was a very big company with a very big popular domain name. Their uh, public website SSL certificate expired. So the website stopped working over SSL. So no, no traffic were encrypted. Um, perhaps not the optimal outcome but a worse outcome if you do this in, in Azure is if the certificate expire, your workloads can just stop working. And then again, you have a production outage. You don't want that. So it's a, it's a way to stay uh, one step ahead of uh, expiring certificates. And now again, you don't have to um, kind of keep an Excel sheet, which I've also seen several times. Someone has an Excel sheet with the key name and the vault and then the expiry date and they keep track of it this way. Don't do that. Use Azure policy, let the system and the built-in capabilities take care of this for you because that is continuously updated and maintained. And it's a, a single kind of pane of glass to see everything going on. Um, so that's on the certificate side. And, and I said in the beginning before I started with this that excuse me if this become of a bit of a rant and it is because now we're gonna talk about the keys which is then the second type of thing you can have in the key vaults. And the keys should not be active for longer than the specified number of days. For example, that's an easy one to understand. Or keys should be of the specified cryptographic type RSA or EC. So you don't allow any other type of uh, cryptography standard. Uh, or keys, and again, it gets a bit technical, keys using elliptic curve cri cryptography should have the specified curve names. And it's the same as certificates that I said, P256, P256K, P384, and P251. So if you do know that you have those, voila, this is built into Key Vault. You can enforce it or you can audit it. This is awesome. Perhaps the, the more easy to digest and understand regarding keys is you get, there is also a policy saying keys should have expiration dates set. 
because you can't create a key and you don't have an expiration date set or it's so far into the future that it's even ridiculous to think about. So now you can actually enforce that the, the expiration date should be set or even kind of the range of that. So yeah, there, there's a lot of different things. There's a couple more policies uh, around keys, but I think you get the point. And kind of to, to um, round that off, there's also a couple of policies for secrets. And I think there's maybe four or five policies as of this recording. And those are secrets should have a content type set. So you can enforce this in your organization and say that anytime someone in a key vault creates a secret, they need to specify the content type. So we understand what the secret is or secret should have an expiration date set. Because again, normally when you create a secret, it is indefinite. There is no uh, expiration of that unless you tick the box saying expire the secret after 90 days or whatever it is. And you might want to do that because then you allow for secret rotation. So you can kind of update them and rotate them. But that, of course, requires a bit additional work on your side. So you can actually rotate them without production and downtime or, or any type of outage. And maybe that's a topic for another show. Secrets should have more than the specified number of days before expiration. Again, if your secret is expiring in 30 days, then you will be audited and, and you will get a compliance note saying, hey, this secret is about to expire. You need to rotate or update or you know, push the expiration date, whatever you want to do. So yeah, there's a bunch of these things built in. I just listed a lot of them, perhaps a little bit on the technical side, but I wanted to do that kind of if you work with Key Vaults, if you work with Azure Policy, or even if you don't, but you know that you have some basic requirements from your organization or the government or whatever standards you need to comply with, the things I just listed are fulfilling a lot of these regulatory compliance requirements so we can kind of move our Azure governance game in the right direction. So now I need to catch my breath because that was a lot of words. That was a lot of details. Thank you. So thinking now on Azure Key Vaults, uh, initially when it became available, I, I think that the most hardcore developers would embrace Azure Key Vault, those who felt that, okay, security needs to be top of mind. And then later, mostly everybody else has joined this, this uh, thinking that Azure Key Vault should be part of any reasonable architecture where you deploy services in Azure. But to me, it now sounds, especially with these two, uh, three different type of, of policies that I can apply to Azure Policy to Azure Key Vault, it sounds now like I always need to ensure that when a new Azure Key Vault is established and, and, and it's, it's part of, of, uh, of an architecture, that the suitable settings for Azure Policy have to be defined in order to sort of complete that our Azure Key Vault is production ready, but it's also correctly managed and governed as opposed to just say, well, we spun up an Azure Key Vault, there's 2000 different keys, but that's that. And then a year later, nobody really knows what's happening with those. Are they still secure? Is there something that expired? Is there something we should sort of manage from now on? And it's interesting to see that Azure Policy gives this monitoring capability as well for Azure Key Vault. Yep. So I'm, I'm convinced I, I really need to open Azure Portal or do I need to open Azure CLI? How do I get my existing Key Vaults to be embraced by Azure Policies? Yeah, that's actually a good question. I didn't, I didn't talk about that. So let's do that now. And I think the absolutely easiest way is 
to go to the Azure portal. Um, so you go there and you use the Azure policy. And the easiest way to access that is if you just type policy in the search bar in the Azure portal uh, and select the, select the first item, which is Azure policy. Then you see the definitions. And from there, you can filter by category. And there is now a, categ a category called Key Vault. And voila, all the built-in and preview policies for Azure Key Vault will appear like magic. So everything I just talked about, all these examples of certificate keys and secret policies, they exist in your Azure portal right now. So you go there um, to reiterate Azure portal, go to Azure policy, definitions, filter the categories by Key Vault, and you will see all of them. From here, you can uh, take whatever action you need. So you can kind of roll this out just like you do with any Azure policy. So you can assign a policy to a scope and that is to your subscription or to a set of subscription through your management groups or the root level management group. So pretty much to everything in your, in your tenant. Um, decide whether the effect type should be audit or deny. And we talked about that before. Uh, and then view the compliance results in, in the policy, in, in Azure policy, in the compliance plate in the portal. So again, I use the Azure portal a lot for these things because it gives me the, the kind of visual UI and, and indicators saying, you know, are we doing good? Are we doing bad? Where are the room for improvements? And you get exactly the same uh, when you apply these things, um, the policies for Key Vault. So that's pretty slick. So it sounds to me like uh, when I visit with a customer or if I get access to any new Azure subscriptions, that this is one of the, the key things besides the usual like enable MFA for, for global admins, as an example. So setting Azure policy, at least to give me the audit results so that I better understand that are we secure? What's, what's happening with all the secrets that I have in the key vault? Um, yep. So you mentioned perhaps once or twice that this is a feature in preview at the time of, of, of recording this. Is there something I should be aware of if I, right after listening to this episode, I'm opening Azure portal and starting uh, assigning those policies? Yeah, so the, the thing that comes to my mind when you ask that question is obviously, if something is regardless what it is, if something is in preview, you may wanna think twice before you roll it out into production. For the Azure policies, I am using that in production, but only with audit. I'm not using the uh, deny policies at the moment. I will wait until the previews are done. So it is rolling out into GA or general availability. So that's one, but that's not related to this specifically, but any type of preview feature, of course, that is something you have to decide for your own organization. But the other thing that you might want to be aware of with Azure policy is uh, applying a policy can have some delays before it's being rolled out. So for a deny policy, it may take up to 30 minutes on average or up to one full hour in a worst case scenario. So I always calculate about an hour, an hour and a half after I roll out a deny policy, and then I will go check the results. Because if you click the button and you go to your uh, compliance dashboard and you don't see the result, but you expect the result, or you don't get a result and you think everything is fine and you come back two days later and you're gonna see a lot of things are not fine, be aware that there is a delay from you tick the box and you apply and roll out the policy until it actually starts to propagate down into the uh, compliance dashboard. So the same thing with evaluating of existing components in Key Vaults can take anywhere between one to two hours. So again, give it a rest, You know, come back in a few hours, even the next day, see the results of everything that you rolled out. And finally, I, I know that the Microsoft Docs also mentioned for Azure policy that if your compliance results say not started, 
you know, that can depend on a bunch of different things. And one is the evaluation maybe hasn't finished yet. So it's, you know, starting to evaluate, but it's not done. Uh, or there's no vaults in scope of the assignment that you created. So maybe you assigned a subscription that doesn't have any key vaults, and then there is nothing to see there. Or there's no vaults with certificates within the scope if your policy is looking for certificates. So, you know, be aware of that as well, that you roll something out, you may not see something that could, could be because there is a little delay, but it could also be because there is actually nothing to show. So there is a, you know, a, a very small, but there is a learning curve to Azure policies to understanding, you know, the impact from the moment you click the button until you can expect something to roll up in the dashboards. But I, th I think those are the, the known gotchas that I have on top of my mind. So with the deny policies you mentioned, it might take up to 30 minutes on average or even up to one hour uh, for the policy to kick in and start denying. This, this always sort of reminds me that perhaps there's an old Windows Server 2008 R2 running in Azure that has the Windows Task Scheduler running every 30 minutes to check if Tobias or UC or somebody else has added any denied policies, and then it simply runs that once. And if there's a lot of demand, then it takes up to an hour to complete. But hopefully, it's something much more advanced. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't have to rely on your own scripts here. Yeah. This is managed by the Azure backend. So you just tick the box, and you go away for two hours, and you can come back, and you can expect a result. So like that's, that's what I do. I don't sit around waiting for it. Tick the box, get out of there, get back a bit later, see the results. Exactly. So this episode was a good reminder that if you haven't started with Azure Policy yet, now is the time. And if you have started with Azure Key Vault, now is the time to enable Azure Policy in audit mode while in preview to see, are you compliant? What sort of underlying issues you might have with Azure Key Vault? And once we're out of preview, when it's generally available, then you can start denying things and, and be on control on what's happening with your secrets. Yep, that's it. And that's all we have for today. Once again, thank you for tuning in and until next time. All right, see you then. Thank you for tuning in to the Control Alt Azure podcast. Find out more and read the show notes on controlaltazure.com. Stay tuned. <laughs>